the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. And what we must do as smart as you, and I know you're smart, I know you are smart, you are smart, but you got to learn to put all that aside. Say, Lord, as smart as I think I am, you are wiser, you are smarter. If you say left, I say left. If you say right, I say right. If you say forward, I say forward. If you say step backwards, I step backwards. You are Lord. And let's not lose our awe of God. So Naaman shows up with his horses. And in verse 11, watch what happens. But Naaman became furious. He thought he deserved better. But the problem was he heard the command but missed the promise. Like many of us in this room do. We focus on the cause and we don't, we give up on on the reward. In fact, if, if we really, if we focus on the greatness of the rewards, We'll keep going no matter the cause. The Bible said, Jesus endured the shame of the cross for the glory set before him. Because of the reward on the other side, he went through the cross. And his reward was not more of God's presence because God, he, he'd been with God from eternity past. He, he's God taken on flesh. So his reward wasn't something God added to him, like added to his deity or anything like that. You know what God added to him? You and I. He saw the redeemed. He saw us coming out of our confusion, coming out of our sin, coming out of our mess. And he hung there and said, I'll take it for what I see on the other side. And you are what hung Jesus on the cross. The reason he stayed there was his love for you. But Naaman became furious. I just mentioned David. David was our biggest child. He came out nine and a half pounds. So when he came out, I thought he was going to have a beard and pick up (laughs) pastor. (laughs) But the reason she kept pushing, that little woman kept pushing because of the baby. 
that she was already acquainted with. I was about to be introduced, but he was living on the inside of her. But because she knew that that little baby would be on the other side of her push. And many of us, we don't push because we don't really believe the Bible. I'm going to quote a scripture, and then I'm going to get back to my sermon notes. The book of Hebrews says this. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, but then it goes on. He who comes to God must do two things. Believe that God is, some common or modern translations say, believe that God exists. How many of you believe God exists? Yeah, that's probably 100%, right? But then there's a second clause. We must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So, according to the Bible, if you, in order to have true Bible faith, you cannot just believe God exists. The demons know God exists. The devil believes God exists. Proper theology is not just believing God exists, but it's also believing something about God's character. That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The reason we give up is not because we don't believe God exists, but we don't believe there's a reward. We, we don't believe that there's something better on the other side. We don't believe, like Jesus said, listen, I know y'all think y'all good parents and everything, but you know, y'all being, you know, parents and, and all the rest, and, and listen, if your child asks for a, a, a bread, would you give him a stone? If he asks you for uh, an egg, would you give him a serpent? Then Jesus goes on, if y'all being evil, that's what Jesus said, that's Jesus. Okay? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven? Jesus believed in a good God. And the issue is you may believe God exists, but you don't believe he's good. Now listen, I don't do what I do today, but, but back in the, in the day when I had all these other jobs, I, I, now in fact, you, you take me to D.C., I'd probably stop you about 15 times saying I worked there, I worked there, I worked there, I worked there, I worked there. I didn't always like my job. I didn't always like the people in my job. But guess what? I had rent and a car note. And I believed that if I put in the work, I was going to get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Now, if I did not believe I was going to get paid, I didn't like my job like that. I didn't like them people like that. I stopped showing up. God created us on purpose, and he created us with a wiring that we lean toward rewards. So if your boss, with that corporate board, you know, and they're not all right, and if he or she makes you work, but then pays you, at the end of the day, how much more, God, if you could put that faith in your job, 
and God is really God. Man, you, you will get through the toughest time, the roughest time. You'll deal with any type of people. You'll deal with any type of work because you know that God is your rewarder. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, I'm going to get back to the message and I'll wrap it up. I'll get out of your hair, but I'm going to hit on you for a second, okay? I'm, I'm going to just lean in a little bit, okay? It's all designed to help. How does the book of Revelation end? Jesus said, behold, I come quickly and watch this. And my reward is with me. For the believer, Jesus is coming back with reward. For the unbeliever, y'all got some other issues. But out of all the things Jesus said that he was going to bring with him, it was reward. Which lets you know God is in heaven right now thinking about your reward even more than he is your pain. Oh, he cares about your pain, but he's taking it, you through it because of the reward. Let's, let's get back to the book of Hebrews. It says, he who comes to God must believe God exists. We got that. And conjunction, meaning you got to believe both things about God for it to be Bible faith. And he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And we give up because we don't really believe. If we really believe, we keep pushing. If we really believe that God can reward us, this thing, you can't dig a hole deeper than God can get you out of. If you really believed that God got that and, and he don't miss a thing, the hairs of your head are numbered, his eyes on the spare. If you really believe that and he's a rewarder, if you really believe that, you could face anything. Jesus faced the cross. And none of us have yet faced, you know, resisting sin to the shedding of blood and all that. But if Jesus did that for his reward, what is it you have to face in your life for your reward? And what God is saying to us, man up. Endure hardship as good soldiers. Recognize every now and then there's going to be trouble. Life runs on two tracks. You got the good and the bad. And Job said, shall I receive good of the Lord and not ill? And, and, and you got to maintain a sense of humor knowing, you know, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. If I hold on, I will see the reward of God. I'll get through this issue if I'll just trust him. But here's the deal. I'm speaking to you pastorally. You got to trust him. And you got to believe that he's rewarder. The most unhappy people I know on the earth are Christians that believe God exists, but they don't believe the rest. So all they do is follow rules, ordinances, and, and commands, and you do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and they're miserable. They're mad at anybody that has fun, anybody with a smile on their face, they're suspicious, suspicious. <laughs> and y'all taking up my time. Somebody's pulling some stuff out of me. I'll finish up in a sec. But to really have Bible faith, you got to believe, yeah, God exists, but he's not trying to get something from me, but to me. He is a rewarder. God does not miss a thing. And if you keep trusting and believing him, you will see his rewards 
in this life and in the age to come. I got to get back to my text so we can begin to, to, to wrap up. So Naaman became furious. Again, he thought he deserved better. The problem was he heard the command again, missed the, missed the promise, focused on the cost, and Naaman washed seven times, but he missed the most important part, the promise. The command, and he's focused on the command, go jump in that water, go jump in the lake, really, that's probably the way it hit him, but he missed the part, your flesh shall be restored. But Naaman became furious, and he walked away. This is why many of us walk away from God, walk away from worship. We we might be saved and die and go to heaven, but we walked away from the church and, and all the rest for the same reason. Watch what he said. Behold, I thought. Here's the problem. We, we think instead of seeking God and praying. If God was obligated to our thoughts and our reasonings, we would be his God. We are obligated to his thoughts, his ways, his reasoning, because he is God. And this is what he thought. He said, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. So Naaman was thinking, you know, you know, Elijah, you must not know who I am. I, I am great, you know, in the land. And God was like, no, Naaman, you don't know who I am. And, and, and what Naaman was doing was putting God in a box, saying how God was supposed to do what, what God wanted to do. And he almost missed God. But you see, this man needed to be cured of, of, of a far more deadly disease than leprosy. It was actually his pride. So for that reason, the pastor, if you will, didn't go shake his hand. The pastor sent an attendant to go talk to him. And then he was, you know, taken back. Like, ah, da, da. But God was trying to deal with something else. Keep going. Verse 12. I'm going to move quickly. And then he says, are not the Abana and the, the Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Um, which is true. They're, 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 they were cleaner. If you've ever been to the Jordan, it's a brown running river. river. If I didn't know it was the Jordan, I would never want to get into it. Um, it it's not a place that looked like Atlantic City did 25 years ago. Uh, it, it's just a, just a mess. He said, could I not wash in them and be what? Clean. But God was not trying to give him a wash. God was trying to give him a healing. Yeah. If miracles made sense, we wouldn't call them miracles, we'd call them logics. It's not necessarily the thing we do, but the one we obey that releases the power. So he turned, watch this, and went away in a rage. So he was furious, and and this is a powerful man. Now, you know, he probably wanted to reach for a sword because, you know, that's, that's that's his way. But many of us, we turn away from God for the same reason, because we want God to do things our way. God, Jesus is the king of a kingdom. He's not the head of a democracy. You will not always have it your way. You cannot vote him out. He's not asking you whether or not you think it should be this way. God is God. And he's the king. How many of y'all are old enough to remember Burger King commercials? Have it your way. God is saying today, this is not Burger King. You cannot and will not have it your way. All six of you. Okay, I'm moving. I got like one verse left. I'm almost there. 
and we're going to dedicate the babies. How am I so long on the, I'm so sorry, we, we're dedicating babies. I'm t- okay, thank you. She did, okay, thank you. And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet, prophet had told you to do something great, you, you wouldn't have done it. And basically what he's saying, and by the way, you need, we need friends like this. People to talk us out of stupid. How many of y'all got a little stupid left? I know I do. Yeah. Talk you off the ledge. And he was like, hey, dude, and he was respectful. He called him father and everything. You don't have to be disrespectful. Sometimes you get a little correction in you, and then you're going to talk down to people. Don't do that. He still honored the guy and treated him like a human being. He called him a father, but it's like he had to talk him off the ledge here. He was like, listen, if God wanted you to climb a mountain, build a city, or fight a war, you would have done it because you're that type of guy. But because God didn't ask you to, to do something that puts your great abilities on display, you're upset. How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? All of us need friends like this. You need Sundays like this where I'm not preaching you happy. I'm preaching on your final nerve to try to to move you to a place of obedience. But watch what happened because of that friend. He was furious. He was in a rage. But because of that friend... He went down. You see, the test was not whether or not Naaman could figure everything out. The test was whether or not Naaman would obey. The test is not whether or not you could figure everything out. It's whether or not you'll trust him and obey. So he went down and watched this. I'm almost there. And dipped seven times. This is a big point. Sometimes it doesn't work the first time. Sometimes it it doesn't work the second time. I mean, and God really told you. And then it doesn't work the third time. I remember uh, Elisha had had prayed for a drought and it stopped raining. And the Bible said he had to send his servant back to the edge of the mountain to look for a cloud seven times before he saw anything. And then when he saw something, it wasn't even big. It was a cloud the size of a man's fist, a man's hand. And sometimes it takes more than one. Sometimes two, sometimes three. And then we get to five, it's like, I must not have heard God. But let me tell you, that's the story of my life. I can't tell you how many things that that I started and, and wasn't successful at at first. But I had to keep at it, keep showing up. Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, council session after council session. You hear what I'm saying? Issue after issue, prayer meeting after prayer meeting. It said after he dipped, how many times? Seven times in the Jordan, in the dirty Jordan. Sometimes God, I don't understand his ways, but he can put us in a little dirty situation and we got to surround ourselves with things that aren't comfortable, things that aren't pleasant. And, and that's part of the way, you know, God does things at times to humble us. So he went down and dipped seven times, not the fifth time, not the sixth time. And some of y'all want to give up on three, four, five. And God's saying, hang on now. Now listen, I am God. I have spoken to you. Keep doing it till I'm done. You hear what I'm saying? And he said, he did this according to the saying of the man of God. He's called a man of God because he had God's voice. And, 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 and basically what happened is his name was like, I don't get it. Matter of fact, Elijah, Elijah sometimes had a bad attitude. I don't even like the preacher's attitude, but I hear God. And because he heard God, he obeyed. And here's the deal. Here's the reason I, I, I preach this message today. Because I, I believe the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, all of us, 
Whether you're live streaming, I don't care if you watch this next week on YouTube or something, all of us, everyone listening to this message knows what to do next. You see, we all know we need God. Even before God reaches out to us, but it's only those who respond that, that step into the blessing of relationship. And there are many things that we know, but we don't do. And all of us, we know, that we know what we're to do next. But because it doesn't make sense in our minds, because it doesn't make sense perhaps in our social circle, Maybe it doesn't make sense uh, as it relates to, to what they're saying in, in culture, in the eyes of the world. Maybe because you think it should go a different way, you do nothing. But as you do nothing, you stay leprous. Isaiah 1 and 19 gives us a promise. You know, you don't have to be special to get free. It says, if you are willing, didn't say you need to be smart. Didn't say you need to be talented. Didn't say you had to have a lot of friends. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I'm trying to close. Just give me a second. There were 12 men in a boat, but only one man got out of the boat when Jesus said, come. And there is power. Now, thank God, you know, in the boat, God saved them from the storm. But that next level of miracle didn't happen until they stepped out of the boat. And God did some first level things for you. That's great. But if you want to step into the next level, you are going to have to get out of the boat. You're going to have to leave some folk behind. You hear what I'm saying? And you're going to have to walk toward your Jesus. The power of God is there, but you won't experience it in the boat. It'll only be experienced when you step out. And here's the big deal. When Naaman got over himself, and come on, that's, that's the deal with it. We got to get over ourselves, get over our opinions, the way we think somebody should be and how things are supposed to be done. When he got over himself and actually did it, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. So his skin was restored like a child because he was willing to trust God like a child. My big point today is we make life too complicated. God does not require us to figure it out. He just wants us to obey. There's some folks in this room, you got to step out of the boat. Some of you need to step out of the boat into salvation. You know God's been calling you, knocking on your door, wants you to take him seriously. And he's been calling you forever, but you haven't made a step. You might even got close enough to a church, maybe you went to church, maybe you go to church regularly, but you've never really made a step to stand up for righteousness, to, to embrace him as scripture has called you to. Right now, Jesus wants to save you. He wants to wash you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to redeem you. There's also another group in this room that God has been talking to you, but you come up with every other excuse. And the, the, the voice of the world, the voice of family, friends, the, the voice of what you think are best practices have drowned out the voice of God. And you think that, well, because they said X, Y, and Z, that in God's mind that justifies. God is God. 
and he, he will have no other God before him, whether it's family, friends, etc., culture, no other God before him. Maybe you're waiting for your money to get right before you to do something God said. Maybe you're waiting for just, you know, whatever. But God is saying, I'm God and I'm saying, come. And if I said it, that is enough for you to do it. So I want two categories of people. Those of you that say, hey, I need to experience Jesus in the pardoning of my sin. I need to be washed. I need to come to Christ. But the second group, there are things in my life God's been calling me to. Maybe it's ministry. Maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it's to, to, to propose. I don't know. I mean, that would fit today. Maybe, I don't know. It could be a, a zillion different things God's calling you to do. But you're coming up with your reasons. God is saying this whole message today was for you. For you to take a step of faith. Does anyone in this room that's willing to take a step of faith, I'd like you to lift your hand. If I've been talking to you today, if there's any here, I am ready. I am here. God, I'm coming out of the boat. I'm going to step into your plan for my life. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at gracechurchva.tv. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Hello, folks. I invite you to join with me and leaders from across the nation on June 10th and 11th for our National Unity Weekend. Saturday will be our community day to provide food and resources to food insecure communities across the country. Then on Sunday, pastors will preach a healing message from Galatians 3 and 28. So go to our website, sign a statement of change, and show you're committed to seeing the church at the forefront of racial healing. Then have your church sign up to help spread the message of unity. And lastly, pray with us as we look to heaven and prepare for a transformative weekend. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.